This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. Oh, man. You know I love cereal. I mean, everyone loves cereal. I, at least people my age who grew up eating cereal, uh, thinking it was healthy, and instead finding out later you were eating dessert for like a dairy and sugar bomb for dessert as a dessert breakfast every morning. Now, as an adult, as a 39-year-old man, I still love cereal, but I can't be having all those carbs and all that sugar and all that stuff. So that's why I, I still like cereal in the morning, and I really like cereal late at night as a dessert option. It's got like several different textures. I, that's why I love Magic Spoon. They have zero grams of sugar, 13 or 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. And you can build your own box. You got available, and this I haven't had a chance yet. I luckily have had every flavor because I've both ordered and gotten for free as a guy who does uh, ads for them on the, his podcast. But they got in the custom bundle, you can get cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Uh Highly recommend mixing uh, peanut butter and cocoa or peanut butter and blueberry. It's kind of weird, but I dig it. Yo, so get on Magic Spoon. Trust me, the stuff is actually delicious. Go to magicspoon.com slash ham to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code ham at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Now, do yourself a favor and get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash ham and use the code ham to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. I'm getting hungry. Gotta eat some Magic Spoon. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, standing six foot two, 295 pounds, the number one fuck boy, Brad 
Johnny G. Joining me as always, Nine Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabrus. Arthur, give him a shout out. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine is back. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios. I've known her for a long time. You've known her for a long time. Now everyone in the world's gonna get the doors. Right, creator and director of HBO Max's Hacks. HBO Max's Hacks is very hard to say. Back to back to Max's. Muchi on Hello, John. Hi. Hello, John. Hello, John. <laughs> exactly. Respond. Jonathan, are you done with your little spiel? It's me, your mother. <laughs> Hi, John. How are you? I'm I'm fucking wonderful. Thank you. And part Good. of the reason why I'm wonderful, top tier, we're recording over Zoom. But if we record in person, mm-hmm. I, I frequently offer grass to my guests. I get an email saying, check the chair outside your house where (laughs) you sent me some free weed, a.k.a. the best kind of weed. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm so happy to have gotten it. You you haven't smoked it yet, right? Because, oh, I mean, it just got to 10 seconds ago. (laughs) Yeah, I I just cracked it open. I just pulled out. Oh, you did? Yeah. So Weekenders. Weekenders, Um, my friend Jesse Hicks's brand. It's so good. Truly, I, I, it is. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I'm already on board for. This is obviously a, a, a recycled paper that the container is made from, and yes, you, cannabis in California is like I I I make a pile of plastic every time I buy like yes. a half an ounce. This is so fucking that, rad. I know. I feel like it's like buying a like going to Toys R Us to buy weed now. It's like everything's in like plastic, and then you got the vape pen, and you got to throw away the shit. Like, I'm like, is this so, it feels so terrible. And I feel for me anyways, like part of what I like so much about weed, cause I love weed. is like, I'm like, it's nature. It grows. It's like yes. part of the earth. But then I'm like, oh no, this is like, it's already been commodified into this like nasty, gross shit. And that's a, that's a big, I mean, like now I just sound like a commercial, but it's just true. It's like, they, their whole thing is it, it's up in Humboldt and they grow it outside and it's Hell like yeah. super sustainable. And that's a huge part of the mission. And it's not like one of these that like you take it to the dome and you're like dead. It's like, it's got a really nice blend with CBD. So it's like a real like smoker's joint, you know, like you're able to just like hit it for a while and not be out of your mind. And it's kind of just like, honestly, the way I feel like I, I started smoking weed and like, it's just like a part of your life and not just something that you're like, okay, I'm doing this and then I'm going to pass out. It's like, yeah. it's like a, for me, like a real stoners or smokers weed. And I, I love it. It's yeah. Beautiful. I'm a fan. And I love a CBD blend, uh, especially like when you, like I have an insane tolerance, so I don't mind yeah. <laughs> mixing, mixing it up and trying new sure. stuff. And I'm like from like the CrossFit school of marijuana where I like <laughs> I like the constantly varied. So I like I mix up strains and uh, sativa yeah. indica and, and stuff like that because I just I treat it like you're talking about. It's all natural in my head. It's like it's like I want spring mix. Maybe I shouldn't have spinach every day, but let me get a little other yeah. greens in there a little. So I'm I'm hyped on this. And I if something's called drift as like the flavor slash, you know, mm. creative title of it, that sounds great to me. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm I mean, gonna... I'm not trying to um, hate on people who like, you know, are, are going out of their mind. I'm like, that's cool too. I just oh, I like... like that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I, what edibles yeah. are for, for me. It's like... Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause I, I do, if I try to do that with like just smoking, I will like trash my lungs and I, no, I, I agree. I totally, yeah, my like throat a... will give out before my brain does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. Oh God. 
Great. I, I too am a huge fan of weed. Uh, that is one oh, thing. Yeah. I, as, as I'm wearing a tie dye uh, long sleeve <laughs> shirt from a cannabis store in Colorado. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, oh the 39 year old guy with a backwards hat likes weed. Crazy, huh? <laughs> Uh, How old were you when you first smoked weed? Well, this is a kind of a weird backstory. I first smoked weed when I was like 14 or 15, like freshman year of Mm -hmm. high school and smoked a couple of times in high school, but then quit at 16 or 17 because I thought I wanted to be an FBI agent and then didn't didn't smoke again until my friend Adam Pally's bachelor party, which would have been when we were like 24 or 25. So then one time off. Yeah, I took a, I t- and I took the formidable. I got through college without weed. Mm. Thank God. Wow. I think, I think wow. it's for, yeah. I was a real no, heavy that. drinker, but now yeah. I'm a fucking. Now I don't drink as much, and I'm I I the quarant- The only thing I've done every single day since March 13th has been consume THC. Oh yeah. no, no, my, yeah, not yeah. meditate. <laughs> <laughs> Is take care of myself and my loved ones. No, no, not that at all. No, sorry. <laughs> just smoking grass yeah yeah Uh, wow that's a long time then i got right back into it hard and i mean i'm old enough now that having only been smoking since i was 24 is still 15 years (laughs) yeah yeah it's humiliating there was there was like um four four or five months in college where i i stopped smoking because i was like i i played tennis in college and i was like i really gotta try to i gotta try to really like Go pro. Be clean and like, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I started kind of smoking weed when I was like 16 and I actually um, did drop out of high school to pursue tennis after sophomore year of high school. And I didn't go shit. pro, but I like, I just like where my high, my high school situation was just kind of like, I wasn't training enough and I wasn't able to like travel as much as I wanted to. And I was just kind of like, and also I didn't really like, like my high school or high school in general. I went to a really, <laughs> I went to a public school that had like truly like, I think there was like 30 kids in the graduating class or something. Like, it's a public school, but in a town that is in between Amherst and Northampton and Western Mass. So, but it's a really like rural farming town. And I just, it just like wasn't really for me. So I was like, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> Relatable. Uh, but I relate hard and I don't even, I never <laughs> yeah. played tennis, but I'm in agreement. <laughs> but I started smoking weed kind of like around that time, even though I was training a lot. I was like, but I was like very, like very dime bag with like tons of seeds and sticks, like really sweat, like just really garbage weed, but there's so much around because it's like where UMass is and Amherst College and Hampshire College and like all these colleges. So there's so much weed around, but I was like, I was like, it's cool. It's cool. I do it a little bit, but not, but I mean, I would like buy it, but like I didn't go full on until probably college. Yeah. And then I was like, this rules. (laughs) It it really, when I I found it in like my mid twenties again, uh, I was some of the guys that I was doing comedy with at the people I was doing comedy with at the time were stoners. And I was like, Oh yeah, I think I I smoke weed now. I did it at a bachelor party and I'm kind of like, (laughs) I I had a lot of fun. I mean, smoking weed with like Gil Ozeri is Dan Gregor and Doug man. It's going to be a funny, funny time. Uh, and then I come back and I'm like, two guys on law firm. I'm like, yo. And it's like, then I get a New York weed delivery guy. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm fully, I bought a $200 vape, like an early, like vape. Thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I booked one job. And I was like, oh, I want that $200, like toothpaste. Look, <laughs> yeah. It's like a vape you plug in. It was insane. It was so dumb. I got it. I smoked out it's of like a bowl first... in my office for like oh, two years, you know? Just <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. That's like the first thing I feel like every UCB person, like not every, but a lot of them buy after you book that first commercial. 
you either like, are like, actually, I'm going to try to get out of this and get a, you know, like try to really like build my acting career or you're going to go buy a bong. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When the, when the quarantine hit, I got a a VO job at the top of it and I immediately bought Uh that volcano and a PlayStation. That's it. I was just like, I'm locked in. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. This will let me smoke weed inside. This will let me, let it be slightly healthier. And so I could feel like I could do it more. And I was right. I got a switch immediately. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> as soon as it hit, I was like, no. And I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big edible in the bathtub playing my switch vibe. That's me one to two hours every single night. Oh, that is a fucking dream. I mean, <laughs> a very specific dream. Uh, but uh, yeah. for me, if it's I'm dreaming of you in the shocking. bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly attainable. I got to tell you, you can just do it. <laughs> it. That's what's amazing is like, when I, that's when people are like, I'm like, yeah, dude, I love it. On a Friday, I'll just go to the beach. I'll smoke a blunt and I'll eat a sandwich that I made. And they're like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'm like, if I can do it, I'm like the laziest (laughs) path path of least resistance the most to. Like, you should definitely be able to pull this off. Yeah. I just need the tub size. My only issue is tub size. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I freeze to death because like I could barely... I can't keep my <laughs> genitals under the water, not because I have a big genitals, because my body is huge. <laughs> my dick That's is just constantly. Your, your goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like pushing down like every 30 seconds. <laughs> Go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's oh my that's God. my like th- that's our success goal in life is like we as soon as we're big enough that Gabrus can fit in a tub, then we know we've made it. In <laughs> you our, made like, it, baby. Yeah. For everyone else, it's buying a pool in the hills. You're like, no, I just need a tub that fits. <laughs> that's me. Though no, I gotta get <laughs> yeah. in the tub. I get in the pool in the back with soap and shit. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, uh, well, I first of all, I I wanted to say this before we got on, and we'll talk more at official plugs, but. Uh, your most recent project with uh, Statsky and Paul uh, fucking hacks on HBO Max is yes dynamite. Absolutely fucking awesome. And it's the rare case of like friends created a show that you love and you're like, I'm not even gonna have to lie on this podcast. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, like, I saw the trailer and wanted to watch it. And then I saw the promo from my friends being like, oh, I didn't even put it together that I knew the creators of this show because oh, it shit. doesn't, yeah. doesn't star it. Like, you know what I mean? It, you, it yeah. stars Gene Smart. So it's like, oh shit. Then what, and then you're like, oh right, your friends are serious creators now. Like that's <laughs> fucking thrilling. Thank you. I mean, yeah, it does. There is something about it that like a couple of our like friends have been like, oh, it feels very adult, which I like really think I'm taking it as a compliment, even though I'm happy to also be in Arrested Development forever. But um, right. I was like your last job. One of your last jobs was Babysitter's Club. I remember. Yes. The last thing right before this was truly 13 year old girls, Um, which I got to say. She can do it all, folks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was obsessed with Babysitter's Club when I was a kid. I was like, that was like, I had like no friends, but I had those books. So I, yeah. But, um, but yeah, thank you. I really, you know, it was actually a show that we completely wrote and shot and edited in the pandemic, a hundred percent of it, which is crazy. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it was obviously a very unique experience and not necessarily ideal, but I do feel like when you watch it, you don't know. Um, I, that's why I said that's insane because I had, <laughs> yeah. you have no idea. And that's, 
That's fucking amazing. It doesn't feel weirdly small. Like, oh, there's. I noticed it's only been two people. I mean, yes. it is a show about two people, so it's like it. You can have those smalls, but it, there's also ve- uh, Vegas sequence. You know, you're like, holy shit, there's yeah. a lot. I did not put that together at all. That's fucking. I thought it was one of those. Yeah, we, it's been wrapped since 2019. It's just Gene Smart no. is just on f- and fuego. She's, she's amazing. Got- <laughs> yeah. No, she's amazing. No, we shot this all after Mayor of Easttown. That's um, so crazy. fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a real like, I mean, we really wrapped, like truly wrapped like five weeks ago. That's oh, because it's it's not it's a not a binge, it's a staggered thing. So no, but yeah. still that's it's fucking every week, wild. two weeks of two weeks. Uh, every uh episode is I mean, every week is two episodes. Okay, I'm not even two episodes yet. a week. <laughs> two episodes a week. I'm just that's what dumb. your problem is. You're not <laughs> yeah, high. yeah. You gotta get be. your shit straight. Yeah. I'll do that. Uh, um you but yeah, no, it was a very quick, crazy, amazing, hard process for sure. And I mean, it's a sh- it's an idea that Paul and Jed and I had like five and a half years ago. We were um, actually on our way to shoot um, part of Paul's, like the character's Netflix special yeah. plug. Um, and we were on our way to a Monster Jam uh, rally in Maine, Portland, Maine. I, I, know, a- I <laughs> know the sketch. That's how much I love <laughs> Paul and this shit. <laughs> uh, and so we were just like driving up and we were just kind of talking about like all these like female comedians, especially of a certain age, who like for one reason or another kind of fall off or you like they had a show or maybe they toured and everyone from like, I don't know, whatever, like Paula Poundstone or like Wendy you know, Lehman. Like, uh, oh my God. Wendy was one of my amazing. favorites. Amazing. Yeah. There's so many of these women that I'm like, I feel like their male counterparts have like been able to have shows or whatever awards or just even just bigger careers. And it's kind of like for various different reasons fucked up, but um, you know, but they had to grind so hard. And so for us, it was kind of like a little bit of a love letter all to all those kinds of women, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and um, w- w- the thing that triggered me a lot in the show, uh, which made me decide on the, uh, came up with the topic for this episode was when uh the main uh, when she arrives, she's on the flight to Vegas for this job where she's writing for Gene Smart's character, and she's like, "You don't know what the job is at all. You don't know what it entails." And you show up, and it's a mansion, and there's a blue phantom, and it's like the amount, uh, the most relatable thing there is like the amount of jobs I've had in my life where I'm like, I am confident, I am, I'm arguably cocky, egotistical freak, and then I have no idea what I'm entering. I am completely mm-hmm. blind. I'm a newborn child. And then the super realistic thing about the show was as soon as she got like a little comfortable, she was like, you know, fuck. Like, and she, when she goes back at her, I was like, that is so real in that you're like, what is this? What is this? I'll, okay, give me bullshit. I'll eat bullshit. Eat bull-. And then you start to go like, wait, you're John Gabers. You're Lucia. You're a, a person. You're, you're invited here for, hey, wait a minute. And that was the most real roller coaster that I do on as someone who rarely works a job for more than a week. Everything I've done is for a day. So it's like a full week of stress leading up to get there. And then one day that is a blink of an eye. But like by the end of the day, I'm like, well, Hey, I'm trying to fucking do my fucking read. Can you stop moving around in the back? Like you're immediately like confident and back to yourself. It's, it's so real. And I mean, there's so much shit that happens in the show. I've only watched two episodes at this point. Only two have aired, but there's so much real shit that happens that it was just like, I I love the authenticity of it all. Like just the, 
her entire vibe of arriving of like, what am I doing? But as we all know, I desperately need this to work for me too. I don't want this at all. I'm not good at this, but I need to just survive the the yeah. call time and get done, get my check. And then hopefully no one knows I'm an imposter. It's just too totally. Yeah. And, and I think the, no, I love it. I mean, she goes like Ava goes in with like, she like needs it so bad. So she goes in like faking it and pretending and bullshitting. And that, that, that to me is like, so literally every meeting pretty much I do is just some, some version of bullshit right. and then getting called out on. I think it's like the getting called out on it. That is like, to me, like the, the oof, like you don't ever want to actually get called out in the moment. And when she does, that's when she's like, all right, well, fuck it. Yeah. Like, and just releases fully. But only when she like releases fully and like, doesn't even give a shit. And is like her very funny self that the woman that Deborah's kind of like, all right, there's something there. Yeah. There's, um, there's something about when you get called out for something that you're not like, that's like, like, Hey, and you're like, no, 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 look, I don't want to be like, you know, like <laughs> I, the most recent example is like, someone's you walk past someone with that out and you don't have a mask on and they give you a weird look and i'm like it's allowed i'm double vaxxed and it's like i'm projecting yeah. so much onto this one look this person's totally different. and then you're totally. like i don't want to get hung for something that i don't really i am a mask guy or like i don't actually <laughs> yeah, care yeah. about this job i'm I'm being so fake i know because i i want you don't hate me for that hate me for hating this instead <laughs> totally i remember one time i was a, a waitress and i mean it's a waitress many times but when I was in New York one time and the, my manager, who was actually a perfectly nice guy, he was just like, what are you doing? You don't want to be here. And I was like, yeah, I do. I totally do. But I like, of course I don't fucking want to be there. Like well, who would want to be a cocktail waitress on 17th and third? Like, at, you know, I'm like, I just paid so much for college. Like, yeah, no, I don't want to be here. But I have to like the faking, the faking is like, everyone can smell it. Everyone knows it. It's like yeah. so obvious. I appreciate when the, there's like the openness to it of like, I yeah. just did, I just did like one of those, the aforementioned, I'm going to leave like a lot of specifics out, but I just did one of those aforementioned, like this is below my rate and also not yeah. exactly what I want to do, but it's a cool opportunity. And more importantly, I need validation because it's been a month or so, whatever. You caught me at the yeah, absolute yeah. lowest point. So I'm in, oh, it's a two hour drive away. Okay. And then you're like hating it on the way. And then the, sec yes. the second the job truly revealed itself to suck, I was so mad at myself because I was like, you knew this you, yes. and you and you're so desperate for validation and seven hundred dollars yes. that you yes. fucking did this. And and now you're miserable. You did this to yourself. Yes. You fucking idiot. And you knew it. You knew it. You convinced yourself. Yes. You talked yourself into it because you're like, honestly, what if no one ever invites me to do something? I mean, that's like where my brain is at constantly, unfortunately. Yeah, no. I mean, like I um you know, I, in terms of like, I like what, what jobs to like decide to do, especially in this industry, like if you're lucky enough to be able to kind of have some say in it, which, you know, comes and goes, but, um, <laughs> you know, like the idea of like, I try to, and I'm not always able to do this, but I'm trying to be like, I want to like be ideally, I want to be able to like wake up the moment I wake up and remember that that's what I have to do to the, for the day. Like I want to wake up and just be like, yeah. And what I've like, found is like that only really happens when I wake up and I'm like, oh, I get to make something with my friends today. Right. And like, that's like my whole thing now. And it has been for like a little while is like, even if it's like an amazing, amazing project, truly, if like 
I don't really love the people I'm making it with. I don't really want to do it. Right. <laughs> like, right. That's not something that like, I'm like, again, I know that's a very privileged position to be in and who, who's to say if I'm actually even in that position, but like, even if it's just like the idea, like the stuff I'm going to try to work on, it, even if it comes like it's our original idea that me and my friends come up with, like, that's like what I'd rather work on a million times over than like going for some writing, open writing or directing assignment or whatever, just like, and I, you know, it's like, then if you really are, are committed to being like, no, I'm going to try to just work with my friends, just work with my friends, then that actually does become a real job eventually. If you like can be so lucky to make that happen. But that's really been like a huge change for me in the last couple of years. And it's like made me so much happier as a person. Dude, something you you said there triggered me. Like I, I have to wake up and choose and remind myself that what I'm doing today is actually really cool. That's my problem yeah. is like, my brain oh, immediately flips to like, oh, 6 a.m. call time. Oh, I can't believe this shit. They're not even going to use me till nine. Then it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. This yeah. is what you want to do in life. This is part of the job. Go there, bring a book, shut the fuck up. Or if I don't have work, you wake up and you're like, ugh, today I got to do the fucking podcast. I got to make sure I self tape. And then you're like, no, today yeah. I don't have to put on a suit and type at totally. a, a computer at a desk all day. So that is good. Gabrus, this is your life. You chose all of these steps. Uh -huh. Like you, you're succeeding. If you just retroactively say this is success and it is like, and it I arguably, have the same problem too. Yeah. It's so hard I, to I'm just tell like, yourself. Sorry. Well, because you, you can't get out from all the like minutia bullshit stuff that sucks too, where you're like, oh, I wanted this prop and I couldn't get it. Or like, I don't have enough time to get the shots I wanted in the scene or like that stuff annoys me. And it's hard to get out from under it in the moment to be like, yeah, but who cares? This is amazing. It might not be hundred percent your vision completely, but like, it's still rad. And I have trouble separating that stuff too, because you like still can get annoyed and frustrated with stuff. But like, the same idea, right? It's like still being appreciative for the bigger picture of like, it is a version of your dream in a way. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's <laughs> I'm not cocktail waitressing anymore, which in no shade to that, I just wasn't very good. Yeah. And that's <laughs> Maybe just if not... I was really good, I would have been fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Or if that's what you set out to do, you could, could have dominated it. I'm assuming you would probably, uh, you're, you seem like the type of person it's like, if you just chose drumming instead of directing, you'd also be fucking very good at that. Like, I, I did. I did try to drum for a while. <laughs> okay, you're like, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, the one uh, example you might have come up with. I'm terrible. I'm actually terrible. <laughs> I'm not that great. I'm not that great. Hold you have ten thumbs and something I never noticed yeah. about you. It's like, oh, okay, you have weird. <laughs> Smart. Oh, okay, that makes way more sense now. No, but I was a bad wait. I was. I used to wait tables at um, Koi, which was a restaurant. There's a couple in New York and a couple in L.A. And I worked, I worked at the Bryant Park Hotel location and I was there for a couple of years actually. And I, I mean, I was a good waiter if like you were somebody who wanted to hang out with your waiter and yeah, yeah. kind of be like, <laughs> I was good at being like, yeah, what's up? Like, <laughs> is this, this, this menu seems crazy, right? Let me help you. I'll just order all your food for me. I got you. And a lot of times that would work and people would be like, great. Like, especially if it was corporate, because this was like, Bef this is 2007, 2008. And this was like before like the economy crumbled. And so everybody had corporate cards and everybody was so psyched to just like go for it in the super expensive restaurant. And I would just like have some of like, honestly, some of my favorite nights was just waitressing there and like literally getting like double tipped and like having like making truly like 800 bucks a night and just being like, <laughs> I killed it. It was yeah. so fun. Some nights were absolutely horrible, but 
I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I was a bartender for a long time. Well, there's something about even like a service job. The first day you walk up, you're just like, who am I me? Like I'm there. There's yeah. a, it's something I'm constantly reminded of because of my current career. But I just flash back to all these, like when I moved schools and it was my first day of school and you're just entering into like fully blind situation. Like as a server, it's like yes. day one, you're like, what? And then day two, you're like, hopefully the one manager whose name I know is there. And then you day two, you show up and it's like yes. a little more light is shined in the room and you learn a little bit more. But it, and the second you're comfortable is always when it's like, now I, it's like, now I'm doing something else in my life. It's like, oh shit. Okay. Time to re now it's like, oh, go into this audition. You're like, where's the building? What floor? I go into this yes. meeting. Every step is like, and then you move to California and it's like, it's at Warner brothers. It's like, how do you enter Warner brothers? How do you drive to Warner yes. brothers? You like do all that. You're like, Every everything is just like I feel like a newborn deer, and I'm just like fucking like all right, you're yes. figuring out your feet here, yeah, totally. And it's like no matter what job you're doing, it's like that is like the first day you're just wandering up, and it's like if you've been X a thousand times before, but this is just X in a different location. It's just like my brain is yeah, melting. yeah. <laughs> I know, and I feel like that is why like um we all really need to respect PAs because they really like help you figure it out. Or like whatever AD department, because I'm always like, where do I go? Like, I'm horrible <laughs> with directions. Like, I'm constantly lost. Like, Paul is very good at being like, he literally is like, oh, over that hill is this neighborhood. I'm like, how do you have any idea where you are? I'm constantly lost. I like, yeah. So like, I hear you. I'm, I'm like, if people aren't literally like holding my hand, I'm like, where am I? What am I doing? You need to be like baby. Like I need to be like fed on set. I'm like an idiot. Yeah. I'm like an absolute idiot. The, the business doesn't help you in that way either, because as you do it more and more, you do get more and more baby treatment, you know? Oh yeah. And I'm friends with actors who work way more than me. And every once in a while, if I'm in a project with one of my super successful friends that works a lot, I see how they have like a completely different of like, you know, drop their sides and coffee on the floor. And it's like, I know someone's going to just like, and then it's like, 100%. pick up, I need sides and a coffee. Like right. As soon as the scene's over and it's like me on yes. the other hand, I'm like, uh, is it okay? Like if I place this in the court and then you just watch how people get you get taken care of so much that you forget that you have to take care of yourself a little bit. It's just so funny. It's, I lost my room key. Oh, again. I'm terrible. actually now talking about a very specific friend. But <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Loses his I room key it. every time we're on fucking location. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It, you do become more and more babyish, which is absolutely terrible for the psychology of very successful people. Right. Like, oh, I don't have to think about anything or do anything. And I'm like taking care of completely. Like make, it is what makes people into monsters. I think. Yeah. Someone pays your bills. Someone <laughs> cooks your food. Someone does. Someone cleans your house. Someone watches your kids. Next thing you know, you're just yeah. like, who am I besides uh, like uh, the leader of an army? Like I'm, yes, I'm a benevolent totally. dictator now out of nowhere. But there are some of those perks that I'm like, Ooh, can't live without them. No, Can't no, go back. no, not going back. That's the, you, the, you hit the nail on the head, Lucia. It is something you can definitely live without until you've lived with it for one split second. hundred <laughs> percent. And there's some things that I'm happy to go back on. Like, I don't need to actually be in first class all the time. Like I'm happy to be in coach because I'm like, it's a, this, in this moment, it's fine. It's whatever. But like, yeah, there's some, like, because I'm an idiot, as I just mentioned, like I'm really bad at bills and like, I can't keep like, 
You know how people get so like annoyed about um, taxes, which is, yes, of course, annoying. I don't pay my own taxes, but like they also do that for like guilds and unions. Like you also have to like figure it out yourself every quarter. It's and I'm so like, are you <laughs> kidding me? I'm like, you're a union. Tell me, just automatically deduct the fees, but you have to like crunch numbers. I'm like, you're asking a bunch of like idiots to crunch their own numbers. I'm like, this is this is rude. This is offensive. <laughs> Wait, you're, you've stumbled upon, upon something that I've been complaining about a lot lately because I, I can find something to complain about it, even the most fun, <laughs> easy profession in the world. But the amount of shit I do, uh, the amount of shit an actor does, I can speak to that experience. So the amount of shit that an actor does that is not acting, that is a major part of their career, is mm -hmm. insane. Especially... so. You have to know a like a lot of stuff about how to wear clothes and like what your sizes are and because and that's not for me. I'm a, a la elastic <laughs> waistband, no shirt kind of guy. That's stressful for me. Then you got to do taxes. Then you have to do uh, all the fucking paperwork. Just getting doing a yes. two hundred dollar job is like at least now it's like eleven different logins to a website. But previously yes. and. Uh, if you don't have an agent, you're doing all that for yourself. Even if you have an agent, you're doing all, you're paying all. So now you're paying your bills. You got to do this. You have a businessman or, or you're a corporation now. So you have to run that. Yes. I've become you like. You figure out, should you be S Corp? Should be LLC? Which one's better? There's differences. Yeah. It's like, what? And then, uh, and then s throw in self-taping, uploading, recording, and then also throw in the fact that actors work if. If you're lucky, you work steady. If not, you have to have a completely another profession alongside of it. My case, luckily, is podcasting. Other people, it's like mm -hmm. real estate. Like, you know, they have to have like a whole, like, or like, or server. Yeah. You have to have like a full mm -hmm. other skill set in addition to being good at acting. And being good at acting is something that really only is demonstrated for like one or two minutes at a time, at least in my career. It's like mm -hmm. one or two minutes at a time, uh, 10 times. Twice a month is like all, yeah. is all the real acting I'm doing yes. in quotes. The rest, and it's like the, the amount of other shit I'm doing that someone's like, I went, I studied under the best acting teachers in the world, but my life fell apart because I was in charge of my own bills and correspondence. And it's not 100%. <laughs> and it's like usually the people who are good at that one thing 10 times for one to two minutes aren't good at all those other things. I mean, right. I'm, maybe other people are good at that stuff, but I'm not. Ugh, yeah. It is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it is a nightmare. Or, or like on a on another thing, I always think about. To, someone's like explained to me recently is like writers. It's like you got to go pitch. It's like, but I'm a writer. I don't want to talk. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh yeah, right. You're one of the not not everyone is a comedy person first that, who then falls in mm -hmm. the, who ends up writing some people are like i've been writing my whole life i create worlds at my laptop or my typewriter right it's like cool well come in here and do 25 minutes of off the cuffs comedy that kills in the room and then maybe you get to do your job which is something and this also brings me to auditions aren't even acting either. It's like now no. to be good at auditions doesn't mean you're good at the final product. I, I'm not good at auditions. That doesn't mean I'm very good at the final product. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. But it's an, it, a writer. A pitch is not writing. An audition is not acting. No. Your reel is not directing. Even your final product of watching something you cut is like or shot is amazing. That's something. But that's still not the full working with Lucia experience. It's like you're that's still like you working the doing the best you can with what you have. Yeah. And and says and nothing about your leadership style or engage like or what it's like to oh, work with you. Oh, everyone hates me. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I think the listeners figure that out at this point. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She keeps calling everyone an idiot. Like, no. She keeps no, referring to so herself true. and friends as idiots, which is, which is why we do this, is to, uh, to continue no, to so be alive. it's so true, and I feel like so many people in pitches are like, I mean – if you're like a writer, writer, people just like writers just like read off the page and pitches, I feel like. And I'm like, that's not going to be entertaining. All these execs want is to be entertained by your story and be captivated by it. But you're right. If you're like, a, you kind of have to be a writer and a performer. Luckily, I am. But, you know, it's like hard. To, I think it's really I think I think it can be really hard to like to be like selling a vision if you're not necessarily like a super charismatic person or honestly, like neurotypical. Like, it can yes. be like I'm like. How can you even say like, oh, here's like, I'm socially, you know, able to go into this place and like sell this and be totally calm and comfortable and win you over? Because like they always say they're buying you and it's like, well, okay, but they should buy be buying the show because right. the show is good. You know, I'm like, again, I suck. So they can't buy me. It'd be a bad investment. <laughs> The show is the best thing about me. Trust me. Do not get in yeah. business with me. Just do this thing here. Yeah. I'm in the tub, baby. Yeah. Don't even. <laughs> Thank you to East Rock Botanicals. East Rock Botanicals, or as I like to call them, Herb, E-R-B. It's your one stop for beard, face, body, and pube oil. All kinds of oils. I have beard oil and beard balm from them, and I am a fan. The beard balm gives me a little bit of control for when I'm getting a little wiry, and the beard oil gives it a nice sheen and a lit and a smell that my wife enjoys. Uh, they're 100% natural and organic. Scented and unscented versions are available, depending on your preference. I went with scented. The East Rock Botanicals beard oil, beard balm, pube oil, and face body oil have been crafted with a unique blend of botanical and essential oils that nourish your body hair while also providing your skin with essential nutrients. Whether you want to tame a wily mane, prevent ingrown hairs, or give your skin a radiant glow, Herb has got you covered. Uh, I got to start messing with that pube oil. First, I got to get my pubes to grow back a little bit. Do yourself a favor and head to East Rock Botanicals and use code MIGHTY at checkout for 15% off your order. That's E-A-S-T-R-O-C-K-B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-L-S dot com with promo code M-I-G-H-T-Y at checkout for 15% off your order. Ooh, get that beard smelling nice. And then it's something like after you do after you do shit like this for like fifteen years, like my uh, my wife launched her own business in the last couple of months, and it's like sweet like, life, oh, yeah, living that sweetser life. Shout out, and you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh well, you got to like launch an LLC and open up another checking account. She's like, how do you know so much about banking? And I'm like, well, uh, funny, yeah. uh, having just enough money every month for a decade will teach you exactly how to get good at banking. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. And so it's just, true. and it's just something I actually, I never wanted to be good at it. If I could have mm -hmm. afforded from the get go to have someone just manage my money, I, I would have definitely done. I look forward to the day. Like, and that's yeah. the other, I've also, this is a completely different topic and maybe even arguably too pri privileged of a topic. But one of the best things I, I found when I earned just a little bit of money was like something I hate doing is blank. And it's like, well, you know, for like this much money, you don't have to mm -hmm. do that ever again. And you're like, 
it's dumb to spend that money, but I do hate doing that thing. And the next thing you know, you you do it and you're like, that's the best hundred dollars a month I, or week I ever spent is like have the dog walker do the morning walk or have totally. food have food delivered on uh, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to make it, make it a little easier in your schedule. It's like, that's pricey, but it really changes how easy. And like you eventually go, well, that's what I have money. For. That's like what I'm earning money for is to make yeah, my exactly. life better it, or easier. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel completely. I mean, I, my parents um, owned restaurants when I was growing up and my dad is a chef and my mom is like a pastry chef, but they had to run their own business. Like they had to, like every like Saturday morning, I would wake up to the sounds of my mom's like you know, a little count, what is it? Calculator? Calculator. Count, count, <laughs> calculator. <laughs> count the calculator, like go in and like printing stuff out like that, that constant whirring of that thing is cause you know, like my, like, you know, they're chefs and they're artists in that way, but around that entire, like the part of it that they love doing, which is like making food for people that they feel connected to and they're happy to eat it. Like, but around that is a huge machination of a business that you have to do. And that is, you know, the like scheduling the food prep and scheduling the front of house and dealing with insurance and dealing with permits and all that stuff. But I really feel like our industry is the same way where like, there is this like art at the center of it. Like, here's the thing I want to be doing, but like, to get that out there requires, at least for me as like a, you know, writer director is like, I have to be doing like the prep work, the shot listing, the like hiring of department heads, like all that stuff is the like hard work uh, infrastructure that you need to deliver the art, which is not fun. It's not why I'm doing it. It's not why I want to be doing this, but it's kind of like a requirement if you want to get like the pure, the art out there. It's like the little the little peanut and everything else, like the hard, yeah, the it's hard like the, shell ve- of the, the, the vegetables you got to eat to get to like the yeah. fun shit on the co- Yeah. It, you're, it makes total, the way you're talking about it, I, I'm totally on board. Like the stuff, and then you eventually, you find out that you're like, this is not my skill set at all, but I've managed to learn how to do this thing that allows yeah. me to do my skill set. And mm-hmm. you're talking about your uh, parents doing the business part of cooking. Like, same thing for Tiff's parents. They owned they owned a restaurant, and oh yeah, that's right. They were cooks, but not restaurateurs. They ended up losing right. a shit ton of money and having to go bankrupt and stuff because they didn't understand business totally. And it's like you could be instantly in over your head. But I think the generational difference, and we we were briefly talking about uh, the immigrant experience before we jumped on. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the generational difference is like my mom and dad would would not give up a hundred dollars a month profit to help make their lives any easier. It would be right. better for my dad if his life sucked and he got an extra hundred dollars so he could bitch about how hard he worked for that money to me and my brothers and my mom or whatever. But that totally. that's just generationally different. Like, yes, we're, there's like we're a the, sense of pride. We're the first generation. This is the way I explain this in a, a quick little anecdote. We're the first generation that pays moving companies. Oh, that's true. Shit. I feel like I feel like my pa- and you know my parents are like second gen, so it's like mm-hmm. they're the people who are like my friend has a station wagon. We're gonna do forty one trips. You know, yes, <laughs> it's like yes, and yes. it's free. That's what matters. And it's yeah. like we're gonna make all your cousins help you move or whatever. It's like that was the way everything was done. And now our generation feels like well, it take me like 
six days, but it costs me X, that would be like, oh, X dollars buys me six days of freedom. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah. Yes. It's like a vacation. I'll take it. And, or like oh, constantly outsourcing everything. Yes. Yeah. Might as well. Like, I can't tell if it's good or bad. <laughs> I'm like, what's better? I, I think the way that we live is better, but I'm like also like maybe I don't. There's appreciate. Pro- there's probably know. a healthy mix. I I, I guarantee. <laughs> there's. I think that's why like you got to be the type of like as you if you blow up completely you have to be like the type of, you know you're like you know Lucia cuts her own lawn right, like you have to have like <laughs> yeah. you have to have like one thing that there's like keeps you grounded. Like, yeah, <laughs> I would never let anybody cut my hair. Yeah, it's exactly. like, well, <laughs> well, I mean, that's famously something someone else is supposed to do for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, one thing that I do feel that way about, and it's just for me, but I re- and I feel like this is a thing that a certain person in LA is like, Oh, you get an interior designer. And that's like the one thing that I was like, I don't, I feel like that's money that I wouldn't, I would never pay somebody else to interior design my home. Because to me, I'm like, well, one, I want my house to be an extension of things that I like and I think are pretty. And I mean, that isn't to say that an interior designer can't curate those things and you help choose it with them. Cause I think that's how a lot of them work. But, but to me, you don't see, you don't see the work as, the forthcoming work as stressful though, in that situation, it's like getting to interior design your place is a little bit, there's a lot of positive there too, in a way. Oh yeah. 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 But, and I'm like, but I can see how it is easier the other way. It's much faster. They just curate stuff and you go through and you pick it and like, that's cool. But like, that's the one thing that I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to do that. Yeah. That's all. That's fair. That's it. That makes sense. I don't think we'll <laughs> ever do that either because that's Tiffany's thing. She won't ever like, like, yeah. but that is like, that is one of those things where you're like, like, oh, if I have limitless money, it's like, well, I'm still going to do this thing. You yes. know what I mean? Maybe I'll, well, I would love to have a driver that wasn't like, I would, I, I think if, if I, if we're talking peak opulence to making yes. my life convenient, I do think a full-time driver of would be the thing that would make my life super easy and super convenient. I would get rid of my, or they would drive my car exclusively or whatever. And to have someone, so I could just be baked and, and working or playing switch while someone gets me from a to B. I think like if I could monetize my traffic time. Yeah. I think that would be my, a step too far of an indulgence. Like I've always, <laughs> I've always dreamed of being rich enough to be like to my youngest brother, who's a 32 year old nurse. So like <laughs> this, this dream is a little blown past it, but I'd be like, Oh, if I could like offer my brother, like 60 grand a year to be my driver and like blunt roller, it would be like the most yes. fucking amazing. Like, I, I mean, I grew up watching Entourage. I'm, exactly. Yeah, like, I guess, yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. as I'm saying it, I'm like, cop to the fact that you watch too much Entourage ASAP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, to me, like, um, oh, and, and you know, on, on back to the show, baby on hacks, you know, she has a full time, she has a driver, which is, I think a big part of it. One of the details we wanted to have, which is that she has has like a soda machine in her house. Yeah. Like for her, she's like, that's, that's her thing is like at the, she's like, I can have whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to have a soda machine in my house. For me, it would be, I think I don't ever want to clean another dish. I never want to clean a dish. Dog. I get it. I get it. Someone who just comes in at night and loads and uh, and then yes. in the morning unloads. Yeah. I, I, I want a Dobby the house elf, baby. I want Dobby. Fuck, yeah. I, want Dobby I, haven't had a, I haven't had a fucking dishwasher since I moved out of my mom's house. So I haven't had a dishwasher for 
going on like 17 years now. So I, and my wife, we have the rule. If she cooks, I clean. She cooks most frequently. (laughs) I I have dishwashing gloves. I'm legit like was so tired of my hands getting all fucked up (laughs) that I have a pair of gloves. And it's funny. It's hard to find XL gloves at Gelson's when when you need dishwashing gloves. It's still a little heteronormative in that way. Yeah, you've got to use gardening gloves. (laughs) I need a weightlifting glove, something to make me feel badass. (laughs) Fingerless gloves to do the dishes. That doesn't help at all. What is it like when you have boots that are like iron toes? What are yeah, those? Steel, steel tipped yeah. or steel toed? Yeah, steel, yeah, steel toed uh, dishwashing. Steel thumbed dishwashing gloves. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so cool. Uh, wait, I want I want to take a moment to talk about the soda machine thing with uh, Deborah's mm-hmm. character. Very, this is in the uh, in the. The not spoilers. Also, this episode comes out in like a week and a half, so definitely not way early spoilers. But she, we see Ava clock her getting her soda and is like uh, rich opulence. But then mm-hmm. you do another shot later on where the tank needs to be changed, and her maid is or her uh, house person is busy, and so she's like, "Ah, please, you're busy. I'll do it." And we watch Gene Smart. Pop out this, pop this out, put the hose in, twist it. And when you watch, you watched her do it. And it like weirdly, the you're watching this character and you're with Ava of like, what a nightmare, wealthy C word. And then it's like, yeah. as you watch that happen, you're like, she's actually pretty down to earth. And that's kind of badass. <laughs> and she's kind of independent. And unlike, I couldn't do that. And I was mocking her for being rich or whatever. And it's like, it's such a small and none of the lines I said out loud are spoken because you guys are good, right? <laughs> good writers. But like, it's one of those things where it's like so much is said in like these two little, like 15 second sequences that are t- ex like tons of exposition about both characters without a single line of dialogue. It's just such a fun, real moment. Like it was just, it was, it was very well done. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, next question. Yeah, and I'm, like, <laughs> no, I'm, at the, I'm at the q and I'm like the sweatiest fan. I'm like, no, my question no, is no, for no. my favorite director, Lucia. When you guys were doing that, it's not even a question. The guy just talks about his favorite part and then how yeah, he's a director. Yeah. And also my oh, movie's my in theater yes. soon. I think you would like it. I'll send yeah. you a copy if you please. Oh my God, yes. No, I mean, that that was for us to be like, Deborah. even though she has all these incredibly opulent things, she is like willing to like, do the work and do the like hard shit too, because she's not like above it. And it is supposed to, yeah, just speak to her work ethic. I mean, it's interesting that sequence, which is actually to watch her go and change out the CO2 thing. Like it takes a while and there's no dialogue and you just watch it for a long time. And that episode is actually like, I think it's our longest episode. And we kind of kept getting like the note of like, it needs to be shorter, it needs to be shorter. Yet no one ever was like, we should cut down that long silent scene, which I was like very grateful for. Cause like we were truly like, taking out like little like half breaths like yeah. all over the place like many many passes of it to try to make it as tight as possible but no one ever wanted to touch that and I was like so happy because it is like one of those moments where especially you like see her like put her foot up on the thing which is yeah. like wearing heels but she'll like put her foot up and like work that thing hard it was and legitimately our, um, hot um and it was like she's hot she's hot and it's very hot to watch a woman dressed that like that <laughs> doing something uh like dirty or tough yeah yeah hard labor uh and also it was totally badass you're like oh fuck that's so cool (laughs) 
Yes. She's, she is incredibly hot (laughs) and like very like, so adept, I think is part of it is like, you can see she can do anything. And like, like, for example, like in that same episode, she plays blackjack and Jean just like, isn't a great blackjack dealer. And so she's like, all of her stuff, like is really her knowing how to play blackjack. And like, she's just very, yeah, she's very adept and smart and can do anything. She wanted to do all of her own stunts, which we couldn't let her do all of them, but she did some of them more than she was supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, like just slow down. You don't have just to bold. do this. Yeah, that's bad. But she is the opposite of tentative, like like prissy actor. She'll like do anything she wants to do it. She's like, get me in there. Like she is, she's really like a in, like intensely badass woman and really cool. And I think it makes the character feel more lived in and more real and more like. I don't know, somebody that you want to hang out with because you're like, she's just a salt of the earth, like cool chick. And that is like Deborah and Jean, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's just a way to p- play the wealthy person game in a way where the, like so frequently it's they're played for out of touch and to make them like so absolutely in touch is such a fucking interesting take to be like, yeah, she's a millionaire who lives in like a palace in Las Vegas, but she understands the plight of women in comedy still despite, you know what I mean? Like she's not completely lost it with her money. And, and like, she knows, she knows what she's doing is like when Ava calls her hack, she's like, you're not wrong. Like I realize you're not wrong. Like there's like that level Mm -hmm. of like, uh, it's fucking real. It's, it's, Oh, and this is a minor thing, but to have a show about comedy and have jokes land is like, kind of hard because you're really painting yourself into a corner of like, no, the best version of that joke is blank. And it's like a big sweat, like you're you're like punchline with Tom Hanks. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're saying this is comedy and then all still pulling it off. Like that's like in a boxing match saying like, I'm going to punch you right here and then landing it. It's fucking difficult. Yeah. It's hard. (laughs) And it also is like, you wanted Deborah's jokes to be really good but also just a little like outdated and a little stale they but gotta also play, they work play for realistic her. yeah yeah they have to work for her audience but also they can't be so good that you don't understand why Ava needs to be there so it was like very oh, kind yeah. of a, a lot of drafts you know because it couldn't just be like wow she fucking killed and those were good jokes because it was like well then there's kind of no point to the show um so it was very yeah and then Ava on the other hand like comes from this almost like anti-comedy alt-comedy like twittery kind of her, place but you her also energy have to like, she's got to be is, funny too ava's energy mm. is so specific it's universal in that like i know a dozen i know a dozen women who have that same energy and probably five to six dudes who are all co- also comedy yes. writers who have that same version of that energy but it's so specific that it ends up being weirdly universal where you're like oh my yeah. god i know someone like that you're like oh my god i know a few people like this it's it's fucking yeah. great yeah <laughs> we really didn't want to paint either of them as characters and yes. also it was like kind of really important to us in this i think you see more as a season goes on but like you we never want it to be like one of them is always dunking on the other one like we want it to feel like they're both always kind of right and they're both always kind of wrong and but it's through their like constant bashing each other's head like heads against each other that like those are when like the cracks start to happen it's like from that bashing and so then you see it slowly seep into each other but like never in a way that is one-sided and you know they both have a lot to learn and a lot to do and like grow emotionally and psychologically, but let's see if they get there. Oh, oh, and then what I've now, okay. So I think I, I, uh, 
allowed the acting, allowed the writing. So now I have to loud the direct. I don't have to, but I talk about one of my favorite no, shots. I think you do. One of the, <laughs> my favorite shots in the first two episodes. It might be in the second episode. Is Ava eating lunch in the employee cafeteria? The shot of the vent having the tobacco stains on it is was a, a, a kicker. It set me up for the next sequence where she's sitting there and people are just aggressively smashing their trays <laughs> into the garbage. And just the framing of it is so, so subtle. It's it's so ham-fisted and subtle at the same time. It's like a, a velvet glove on an iron fist or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> it's perfect in that it's like, it's not fully in frame, so you're not paying attention to it, but the action is just aggressive enough yes. with each person. And it's so realistic. Like everyone's like, shakes the trash, drops the tray hard. And she yes. just kind of sits there like, oh, God, in this bleak as fuck moment. It's so real. It's so good. <laughs> well, that was like, I think kind of like the, a great example of like kind of the tone we're kind of always going for. It's like, we want things to feel super grounded, but then sometimes life is fucking nuts. And like, that really does happen. So like being like, isn't it crazy how this crazy thing always happens, but it's never too broad, but also not so subtle that you don't quite pick up on it. Like it is like always trying to like paint between the lines of something. And like, that's something that we in the writing and in the directing and the editing, like are always trying to like, like nudge in, in this direction and that direction just enough. So it always kind of feels like the whole show, whether it's like dramatic moments feeling a little bit funny or funny moments feeling a little dramatic, like trying to like make sure it all tonally is like one cohesive voice and thing and tone, even if it can be super hard, funny or super dramatic, but still like, and, and I think a show that does it very well in a kind of an inverse ways, I think succession is so amazing. And like, yeah. There, and that's like kind of like a drama, more of a drama that has like really, really funny moments, but yeah. it's also still like plays the comedy and drama in different proportions. And I'm not saying our shows in any way. Yeah, but you're, succession, you're, you're but living in that, you're living in that world, maybe on the, uh, slightly more on the comedy spectrum to there, slightly more on the, the drama spectrum. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the shit is you care about the characters too. For example, I watched two. I've only watched two episodes of the show. I fucking cheer when Ava goes back against Deborah. I am like, fuck yeah. And I like Deborah, and I'm like, fuck yeah. And then when fucking she chases her in the phantom and cuts her off and gets out of the car yeah. and screams a punchline at her. I yeah. cheer again in that moment. I'm, I'm flipped all the way back to the other team, yeah, yeah. but it was just such a fucking ride going. I'm like, I give such a shit about these two people. I've watched, I've been watching them for a total of 41 minutes so far. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. That's literally the goal. I mean, yeah, I do want us to like kind of be going back and forth between like who you feel. I mean, I think generally in my point of view, like Ava's coming into it, like especially kind of entitled and having to kind of get her come up into a bit. But, but I think that Deborah obviously is like very hardened in a way that like, I'm like, come on, bitch, crack that shit open. But it's, you know, <laughs> going to take a lot. But, um, but yeah, I mean, thank you. I'm glad you, you feel that way. I feel that way too. But sometimes I don't know if it's because it's like, well, I wrote these and created these characters. That's why I love them so much. So I, it's really nice when other people feel that way about characters that you created because you're like, yeah, right. I love them. And I also have a thing where I like just love actors and working with actors so much. And I just like love them as people. And so I'm always like, yeah, but I think it's also partly like, I'm like, oh, I'm friends with them. I love them. Aren't they great? But like, 
you don't right. know if everyone else feels that way about them. So I'm like, I have like a little bit of like, not body dysmorphia, I have like actor dysmorphia. I'm yeah. like, everybody loves them. But I'm yeah. like, I don't know, maybe they don't, but I'm glad you do. And you hear pretty frequently that you were, you were correct. That's, a, that's the sign, you know, that's a good thing about having good taste. If you're like, I think yeah. they're doing really well. It's like, guess what, Lucia? You were right. They weren't doing really well. Great. People like Thank Abby you. and Alana. <laughs> Crazy. They, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you guys like my friends? That's cool. I like yeah. them too. <laughs> Me too. Big fan. Not as, oh, yeah. Comedy Central is a really big fan. Cool. Got it. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Just to tie in the topic uh, even more with hacks, can you, mm-hmm. we, so talk me through a little bit of walking into your first day of shooting. I know you've been living with the project for a long time. You've pitching, writing, all that. But tell me about walking into the first day of shooting. There's a, a bunch of mystery, but also a lot of stuff you are informed on. You know, you've been there since the beginning of the birth of it. So what is, what's going yeah. through your head on that first day? You know, I'm, I'm from the first day to the last day, doesn't matter what day I am absolutely a fucking stress ball. I am like (laughs) full tight sphincter, fully unable to chew or swallow food. I have like, I bring a lot of, I'm very stressed the whole time. I'm not, I think, you know, there's like my favorite, I always like to say like my favorite part of directing is when it's three years later and someone's complimenting me on it. Like that's like the only part of it I really like is I'm like, oh, I I don't, like I I don't have a child, but I feel like people are like, it's easier to like forget the bad parts of like having to birth a baby like way later. And you're just like, I love the kids. So it's fine. Like that's kind of how I am about directing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I think it's mostly like, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you all of them that you asked. I'll tell you all yeah, the yeah, things. Please. About. One is like, of course, like, does it work in terms of like the actors and like, are they, bringing what they need to be bringing because that's usually the X factor that like, even if you've done auditions or table reads or camera tests or whatever, you don't really know if it's going to work. That's like kind of an intangible that you can't control. So I try not to get too stressed about that. But the other thing that is always the biggest stress for me, whether it's the first day, the 50th day or whatever, is just like knowing what I really go in, knowing exactly what I need to get for the day. Like whether it's like the shots, of course, everyone like shot lists and stuff, but like, I really feel like that's something I'm very aware of. And like moving on to the next scene is a big stress for me because I'm always like, I want more takes. I, of course I want more takes. I always want to be able to pitch more jokes or have them do it a looser take or try that, take a little bit more this way or that way. And I can be very, you know, uh, particular about that, but knowing that I can always do that, but then knowing that like I have X and Y and Z to still do for the day being like, do I have it enough that I know I am happy with it? that I can move on so I can get the stuff I need because the worst thing is like getting to the end of the day and being like, I have 20 minutes for this whole scene. Like that sucks. Like that feeling sucks. Cause you're like shortchanging something that might be important. I'm, so the, king, to me, I'm the king of accidentally yeah. being casted in the final setup of a movie. Yeah. The like four times I've had like a yes. day player role in an indie. It's been like the last day of a 21 day shoot. And I'm in the last setup and yeah. people are like, well, so all right, we're hopefully we'll get to you. Are you in wardrobe? You know? And it's just like, I'm like, I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just happy to get the paycheck. I'll be cool. I promise. You know, but I, I feel it's like the worst. that energy yeah. happens so much where you're like, fuck, we made it here and we didn't give ourselves enough time somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it's always the stress of like not wanting to shortchange the last scenes of the day but also not wanting to move on when I know I can be better. And that's like just throughout since the first day I started to direct it till the, whatever was the last day is like still the thing that like really is the source of my anxiety 
um, in general, because I just hate the idea of being like, fuck, if I gotten one more take, like that would have been better. Or if I gotten one more setup, I could have had a shot that would have nailed that physical joke better, whatever. It's like, that's the thing that like keeps me up at night for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I it mean, sucks. it's, it's, it sucks. It's so easy. Uh, like, <laughs> it's so easy to just let that worm in and then it it's just in your brain until like, yes. I, well, tonight I'm not sleeping. I guess I'm going to be playing yeah. that interaction I had with that random person I worked with once. Like that's like my, yeah. my I can, if I, if I activate my brain in a certain direction, I, like my night is toast of just like, yeah. well, you know, I don't think she noticed that you called her Trish instead of Tish or whatever. Right. It's like, uh, well, I can't I stop thinking as much. about Yeah. Oh, yeah. That- I mean, I, I, sometimes I do, but it's like less of my source of anxiety. It is like, yeah, my brain, like doing Tetris of like coverage and right. it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of mental illness. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's all just va- various shades of the same color. Well, <laughs> honey, I am mentally ill. It's not like I'm not. It's just a different. Mine's just a little different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Lucia, I appreciate you coming on high and mighty. And as you know, I'm a, a major fan. I beg to be on. <laughs> I know. I well, please. That's a fucking I, podcast host dream is I ha- can I come on? I, I, I know you. I'm friends with you. You like me and I have something to propo- promote. Oh, yeah. yes, please. I get enough emails <laughs> yeah. from strangers. I don't know that I somehow agree to because I have a hard time saying no. So it's a, absolute pleasure to catch up for an hour dude i haven't i we, loved it you're we're in those like we're in that level of friend group where we have mutuals so we never we never hang out particularly but we always end up at the same place for a yes. year without that completely we're, we've been completely gone but then you start messaging me when i post about weed and we're right back to where we were we're back so. baby and I also feel like, John, we also, when I do see you at a party or at an event, I am like, we end up hanging out. Oh, oh, objectively, I, I was go- literally going to say that next. It's like, although if we're yeah. at these, the aforementioned mutuals house, Doug and Nicole, yes. we'll see each other and be like, yeah. And I'm like, yep. It's like, What's let's up? go stand over there. There's a kid on this side yeah. of the fence. Let's go on the other side of the fence. You're For like, sure. Cabris is here. I, I, he has weed. I'm like, oh, she is here. She has weed. Uh, we're both, yeah. Make sure everyone gets got. Yeah. You got to shout out to Doug and Nicole. Yeah. They got good parties. I can't wait till their parties start up again because I'm that's dying. Oof, <laughs> so well curated. The food is bomb. They've got all the chairs. They got a little pool. If you want to jump at the pool, where they, got they live is central. They live close. It's they incredible. live close to every neighborhood in a way too. They're that's, sort of perfect. Yes. That's how you know it will really be back as a as a community. Is when Doug and Nicole <laughs> Our very specific community of the people <laughs> yes. hang out at Doug and Nicole's house. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. I will see you there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh well, we talked about it enough, but do you have anything you'd like to plug uh before we get out of here? <laughs> It's just hacks, man. Every Thursday on HBO Max, two episodes. So our uh, we started this past week on May 13th, and our finale will be on June 10th. So yeah. check it out. And actually, it is on linear HBO as well starting uh, this week. Oh, Not awesome. every episode, but it's starting. Yeah. It's oh, that's actually really rad. That's really great because as something I've learned from being in a couple of HBO projects is they have eight channels and they air shit a lot <laughs> yeah that- i'm gonna actually literally say when it is but it is sorry i'm like this lame but it's no worries um this it's on the 22nd after wonder woman oh fuck yeah dude this episode That's comes out on the 27th 
uh, unfortunately okay. for that. Well, but, sorry. <laughs> well, you can now, watch it on the app. <laughs> well, watch it on Lydia DVR, but also by now, today, the 27th, episodes five and six just dropped on HBO oh, Max. Oh, shit. I got to say, a really, two really good ones. Two really oh, good ones. I'm not just that's, saying that. I'm not just saying that. Two really good ones. Catch up. Oh, that's Woo! exciting. Five Ooh. and six. Five and six, 12. Fuck you up. We're so, we're pumped. <laughs> Tiff and I are going away this weekend, and we said, oh, I hope the Airbnb has a smart TV so we can watch oh, ha- that's Hacks cool. on Thursday and Mayor on Sunday. And it's like- I love it. We're planning our, we're bookending our vacation with Gene Smart. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You're a smart tart. That's what uh, I call him. <laughs> oh, for sure. That is me, for sure. Uh, Lucia, thank you okay, so cool. much. I'm Thanks at- for having me. Please, dude. This was thrilling. I'm at Gabrus on all social media. Check out my other Patreon, Action Boys, and the Gino Lombardo Show coming soon to Stitcher Premium this summer. Season three, promo code Gino gets you one free month. Bye, shitheads! That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. <laughs> it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. There's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.